welcome to let's say episode 70 of tea or books probably it's a it's more a bonus episode something like that uh i'm simon i'm rachel and we are in the same room we are looking at each other right now (laughs) (laughs) this has only happened once before it has i mean not that we've been in the same room together but (laughs) recording together one together which is when jenny was here when jenny was here which was great fun and we're not in just any room we are in a room of one's own if one is rachel (laughs) And um, we were in my flat, yeah. which you have been to before, but the day Simon came was <laughs> when the flat was still a, a complete building site and the piano was being moved up the stairs by some very distressed sounding <laughs> um, Eastern European piano movers who were wonderful, um, but I was quite worried, I think we were both quite worried that one of them would die. The entire time I was here, that piano was going up the stairs, <laughs> I left before it had finally <laughs> reached the top floor. There's a novel in that somewhere. There is. But it is here. I can, I, we uh, can see it. It's beautiful. And uh, you've played it. I've played it. I've listened to Rachel playing it. We've had a really cultured evening we so have. far. It's lovely. <laughs> I've eaten a chocolate cornflake cake. Less yeah. cultured, but delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is not going to be the as-advertised discussion of period peace and a London child of the 1870s, because one of us, and I don't want to say which one, has not yet read them. <laughs> For good reason, Simon. <laughs> been very busy at work could be either of us yeah um although you have read them in the past i have you? read them in the yeah. past i would just you know i didn't feel like i would be doing them justice yes fair enough. to not reread certainly not the molly hughes because the period piece i read fairly recently but i have now finished them i read them back to back and i have confused them completely so that'll be a fun discussion at some there point we are. Maybe um so we're going to chat a bit about what we're reading and that sort of thing, but w- yeah. what we're actually going to mostly do is I'm going to look at Rachel's bookshelves, yeah. her beautiful bookshelves, uh, and we'll just talk, oh, it's gone black, that's fine. No, it's fine. It's okay, yeah. we'll keep talking. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about what we see, what what I've read, what I might read, what Rachel would recommend, etc. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, this might be a shorter episode <laughs> than most. Well, yeah. We'll see how it pans out. Knows? You know, it, I'm not going to say that we normally structure these things to the minute, <laughs> but this will be even less bland than normal. <laughs> Rachel, before you get to that, what are you reading? Um, so at the moment, I'm I'm reading a book called Alone in Berlin by Hans Ballader, which, as Simon's pointed out, everyone was reading ages ago. <laughs> but um, I have not read it. <laughs> but he hasn't read. Um, and I'm always behind the times with these things, so I'm fine with that. Um, I'm reading it for work purposes, actually, because I'm planning on teaching it next year. Um, to my sick formers but it's it's a wonderful book written during the war world war Two, in by a german writer who was i think living in berlin or at the time or something or maybe it was after but i don't know when it was written I, <laughs> shortly after the war either during it's, or after during or, or before after. it was very no it was no definitely okay. not um and it's based on a true story of a a couple who were involved in uh, resisting Hitler by writing postcards that were saying defamatory things about oh. um, the government and basically encouraging people to rise up and and desist, um, uh, like um, sort of doing all the things that the government asked them to do, like stop contributing to the the winter relief fund, stop, um, you know, when you're working in a factory, like break the machines, that kind of thing, um, and 
I'm sure you can imagine what ended up happening to people <laughs> once they got caught. But it's a really fascinating story about all these people that are living in the same building and the couple who are doing the postcard writing live in the building and then the other people who live in the building too, how their lives intersect. And then you also follow the Gestapo inspector who's tried to capture... Ooh. The, the postcard writer no but the thing is he, he's not paid. yes okay. it's very it's very beautifully done and um obviously i'm reading it in translation so i can't comment on the writing style but it was it's um yeah it's absolutely addictive in fact i'm really looking forward to finishing it tonight uh, yeah nice. so yeah i'm really enjoying it and i have to say i normally shy away from reading books in translation as you know i don't like reading um books when i feel like i'm not reading the original words but i've i've kind of been able to just forget about that part and just get uh. absorbed and lost in the story and i absolutely find it really brilliant and i've got um i've actually got so interested in reading about germany during the war and berlin during the war that i've got a whole pile of other books like christopher isherwood books and things uh, like that that i'm really looking forward to reading afterwards because i want to immerse myself uh, i read a really good christopher isherwood last year uh praetor violet oh. uh, which is not set in germany so oh, it's right. set in hollywood oh. but um i did read one set in germany mr norris changes trains i think it goes to an snm club in yes. germany that was not what i was expecting i was expecting a cheery tale about train journeys <laughs> Um, although I was once reading it on a train and oh. then looked when I got up um, to leave uh, at my station and saw the woman in front of me was also reading oh, it. What a chance! I had to get off the train, indeed. But you, that was kind of like a fateful thing where you could have had a discussion. I know. A connection. I would have had to have missed my stop. Yeah. Go to Exeter or something. Mm. Perfectly pleasant place. Um, never mind. In, in another, in another yeah. life. Could have become um, best friends. You could have been, but you know you've missed the opportunity. Right? So, <laughs> if you're yeah. listening, lady in Krika, <laughs> maybe five years ago. <laughs> um, and what about maybe you, don't Sarah? get in touch. I don't particularly want to speak no. to you. Um, I am reading Mrs. Christopher by Elizabeth Myers, oh. which is part of my hashtag project names that I think right, I mentioned yes, of previously. Course, yes. Um, and Elizabeth Myers was the wife of Littleton Powers, who was one of the Powers brothers, uh, John Cooper Powers, Llewellyn Powers, I'm Littleton my Powers, head. yes. Amusement. <laughs> um, I have read maybe nothing by any of the Powers brothers. No, I read something by Littleton. Oh, I don't know. You're one of the Powers brothers. You me feel ones. ignorant. I feel but like I should they, <laughs> I think John Cooper Powers is the most famous. He wrote a Glastonbury romance. I don't um, know. Yeah. Um, they, I'm trying to think what they're famed for. Apart from that, a wolf solvent he wrote. They, they, OTF Powers also related to them. He wrote. I feel like I know names. <laughs> just gonna keep naming Powerses until we get to Powers Carter. So TF Powers wrote uh, Mr. Weston's Good Wine, and I think I'm assuming he was one of the Powers brothers. I feel like I've seen his name somewhere. Um, maybe on my blog, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh, they were all brothers and their father was the vicar of montacute until recently oh. my father was the vicar of montacute so oh, I have this wow. connection with them but years is ago that montacute house? it is well montacute house is in montacute yes oh, I've been there. oh there you go you're oh. in my father's stomping ground oh there we are beautiful father it's very lovely yes very lovely uh, and indeed one of the powers which wrote a book called uh, Baker's Dozen, which is about growing up in Montague Vicarage, which oh. I enjoyed reading. We did not live in Montague Vicarage, but we lived very close by. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> um, they had certainly downsized. Well, indeed, they'd sold it. <laughs> there was no vicarage in Montague when we were there. Um, anyway, so yes, I once read The Letters of Elizabeth Myers, 
which I really enjoyed, and then bought a bunch of her novels. Right. Uh, and finally reading this one, which on the first page, an old woman shoots a man through the temple because Goodness. he's blackmailing her. It's very, a very dramatic opening, but is now more about... Um, well, it seems to be she wants to test the uh, loyalty of the other people who are with her, who are also being blackmailed, and all agreed they wouldn't tell anyone. And her, right. her nephew or cousin or something is going to put an advert... Oh, her son. It's going to put an advert out saying that he'll offer £500 for the um, for any information leading to the murderer. Uh, this is set in the 40s, so, so it's a lot of money. And it's yeah. going to find out if any of the people who said that they wouldn't blackmail her... Sorry, wouldn't... Yes, wouldn't um, tell on her are going to come forward. Uh, yeah, that's the premise. How interesting. Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It's slightly overwritten, but right. only slightly. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Right, Rachel. Yeah, let's let's go over to the bookshelves. I mean, we're in my living room, and um, for those of you who haven't seen the pictures on the blog of what my living room looks like, um, there are two bookshelves on one wall. They're built in, and then there are another two on the other wall, and then ones that go above the piano. And then I've got a little bookshelf that's um, a bookcase, sorry, that's glassed in, and that's got my special books in. And it's yeah. all looking very lovely in here. Thank you very much. I will almost certainly steal some of these books before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to leave him unattended in the morning because I need to leave for work earlier than he does. So I should be quite worried. Though you must know my flatmate would tell you that if she adjusts anything slightly, <laughs> I walk in. Sometimes she does it just to test me. And then immediately I'm like, why have you... Um, why have you read that? Like, every time you know, time. Like, I know they're like my children. You don't understand. Whereas I bought a replacement book for one of my own books that I thought I'd lent to someone I could not find, and then realised it was shelved three books to the left. I just hadn't noticed. So, <laughs> but you I've have many books. more books than I do. I have to say, I do have a lot of books. Um, Rachel, you're going to drop hints about how I've not invited you to my flat and you didn't do it. No, I know. Sorry, I missed that part. So, <laughs> we, what we discussed is that we could do this um, episode flipped with Simon. Um, and Simon's books and me commenting on them and then I pointed out that that wouldn't happen because unlike <laughs> me he's invited Simon several times <laughs> to my home um, Simon has failed to offer yeah, always welcome yeah, so this, so it's always, always too general welcome. always very general there's no specificity here at all no dates 31st of February see you there <laughs> <laughs> we should we'll start that for any thought or any soon <laughs> um, although yes Rachel's flat is certainly more accessible to the person who does not have a car. Than, yes, that is true. <laughs> I mean, you do live in the back of the arm, don't you? So. Yeah. Well, should we start at the beginning of the yes. alphabet? We're going to carry the laptop over. And we're going to hope that this continues to work. Um, despite not... living in the centre of London, I do have rather patchy internet. So, <laughs> so it's um, for for those of you, obviously, you can't see this, which is everyone apart from us. <laughs> um, I realised how ridiculous a comment that was as, as I started saying it. Um, my fiction is all on one side of the of the room, and it's shelved alphabetically, and then non-fiction is on the other side, loosely arranged by subject, but also by necessity of book size, some stuff is just random. Yeah. <laughs> And we're starting, the first one there is Helen Ashton, and fans of the podcast may remember we discussed Bricks and Mortar. Yes. Compared it, I think, with an RC Sheriff, didn't we? Yes, we did, you're right, with um, Green, Green Gates, Gates. which are both wonderful books. Yes. Funnily enough, my mum is reading Bricks and Mortar at the moment. I bought it for her for Christmas, and I spoke to her last night and said, how are you getting on with the book? And she said, oh, well, it's all right, but I'm, I'm, I'm skipping past the architecture bit. Like, like, <laughs> Quite a lot of the book. Quite a lot of the book. <laughs> um, 
I Rachel asked if I was going to be surprised by anything, and so far I've not been surprised by anything I've seen on the shelves. So oh, that's disappointing, to, isn't it? We're hoping that you had like a sort of secret, um, you know, side to you that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, like so we've been my, doing this for a long time. My sci-fi collection. Or something. <laughs> I'm obviously very predictable. I wasn't, wasn't expecting so many copies of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> a whole all of them. <laughs> Told you not to mention. <laughs> So, well, I was going to say, how far can I get before I've not read the book? And that is book number two, <laughs> Life After Life, by Kate Agenson, which I have meant to read. Right, oh, you know honestly, Simon, it's brilliant. Absolutely addictive. Sometime. Yeah. I've got my uh, year 10s reading it at the moment for their extracurricular reading club. Oh, nice. Because yeah. um, Rachel, I believe, has yet to put her books in library things. So I am... Um, <laughs> Do you know what? It's, I'm just put off by it because I feel like it's just such a monumental task. <laughs> It's really fun, though. You know what bothers me about library thing is the fact that you can't be specific about edition. Well, you can. To a certain extent, but often I end up with, I'm like, yeah, but that's not what mine looks like, and I'm uncomfortable with that. Oh, I see. Well, you can take a photo of your own cover and make a huge task out of it. Exactly. I've been here for 10 years. Because I use mine for things like the project thing, Karen and I do, where we pick a year and we from it, I always just change whatever date my edition says it is and put in the first edition date. So it looks like my library consists entirely of first editions, which is very much not the case. Oh, that's disappointing. But, um, I like to lie on the internet, apparently. <laughs> uh, so yes, because of the books on the library thing, I'm going through and jotting down lots of things I think for future that could be good for future episodes. So maybe like, maybe like that one. Um, and we have, oh, we've got all these wonderful... Civil Bedford's been lots of Enid Bagnold's, and I've never read a novel about Enid Bagnold, and I feel like you had strong anti-feelings about The Love and the Envied. Was that you? I didn't love it, no, but part, I do really love The Squire. Which is Persephone, isn't it? Isn't it it is, but I've got that, nice that edition. I'm wondering perhaps if there are any editions in particular that you like. The editions here are beautiful, and I did, we're going to we scoot down a few shelves. I do love the edition of The Hours by Michael Cunningham that I think we should do, and I think it's an American edition. Ooh. Sure, let's look. I know it's a first edition, but you'll be surprised. I think I bought that in a charity shop. So it's a sort of patchwork um, style cover, and it's got Virginia's face. So it's a novel about Virginia Woolf um, and various people reading or being like, oh, it is a UK edition. Oh, yeah. Maybe you've got the American one. Well, I've got the movie tie-in one, so, oh, yeah, which is my favourite film, so I don't mind too much. But that is lovely uh, and a brilliant book. So look forward to that in a future episode. Um, lots of books we have the same edition of. I suddenly have these Henrietta Joyce Dennis books, yeah. which maybe in another episode we could do at some yes, point. Yes, it's been a while since I've read these, actually. They're great fun. I, I have this copy of Alvar and Irva by Edward Carey that yeah. <laughs> we might well do in a few... Oh, sorry, have already done in a, in yes. a past episode. Although we have different episode, editions of Little by Edward Carey. Yeah, I got the hardcover because the paperback was white, and I thought, mm. after I read that once, I'm going to have that covered in whatever cake I'm eating at the time, <laughs> I'd better get a blue cover. It's, it's this lovely sort of farrow and ball yes, shape, is. paint yes, shades. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's very stylish. Um, I have a proof copy, so it's like not only white, but also oh, slightly nice. shabby. So it's, Shame. <laughs> I think it was a proof. Um, the only book that so far that I would not, if I'd seen in a line, I thought maybe I wouldn't have expected to have is William Boyd, Any Human Heart. Yeah, you know what? I bought that a few weeks ago, actually, in the charity shop. Um, and it was like a pound. And I remember in the distant past, someone saying to me it was amazing. And I thought, oh, well, I'll give it a go. Um but I haven't read it yet, so no, I've got... do not think I'll like it. Well, I don't know. I've not read it. Oh, right. It's just very modern, I suppose. Yeah. I do have 
Waiting for Sunrise by him, I think, which he signed. He, he assigned it to me, and oh. so I've kept it because I don't really have any wish to read it, but I feel like I can't, <laughs> no, I can't go can't, to one that says you? to Simon from William Boyd. No. <laughs> so, never mind. Which it reminds me of the, the uh, Mrs. Christopher that I'm reading is a dedication copy from her oh. and her husband to someone, which is rather lovely. Oh, how nice. Um, I don't know if anyone else would care about that, but I was quite excited. <laughs> it's not exactly fought over on the no. rare books market. Um, oh, Crossrigs I've been meaning to read for a long time. Jane and Mary Findlater. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. Mm, maybe, yeah. I should, maybe I that should put that on the list. I'm going to get my phone to add more things. Okay. You keep talking about the books for a second, Rachel. Okay, I will do. Um, I mean, something I try to do is, when I love a book, I try to get the nicest edition of it I can possibly find. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, for example, I mean, I really love Persephone books and I love the appearance of them, but I will always prefer, I think we've discussed this before, I always prefer original hardcovers with like dust jackets and things i love looking um to find first editions and things and i love picking them up cheaply it's thrill of the chase you know <laughs> um so i will replace paperbacks wherever possible if i can i don't like paperbacks massively because i don't like the spines getting um bit, like, it's true that aren't they but there's a few old penguins we've got a few old yeah old Agatha penguins Christie are the exceptions because i do love those but no wherever possible i do try my best to get um hardbacks and I do find actually that certainly in London very fortunate for the amount of second-hand bookshops and certainly Oxfam bookshops where you can pick up modern first editions and by modern I mean anything from 1950s onwards <laughs> for very cheap prices because a lot of the time people don't recognize that they're worth anything so that's true you can sneak right in there yeah the Green Road and Enright also a surprise. That yeah, a bit so, grim. yeah, no, actually, that is my brother helped me move, and as a family, we have a, a big storage facility um, for our stuff because my parents are currently having their house renovated, okay. so all their stuff's in there. My brother, all his stuff is in there from when he had to move out of his house, and so my brother mistook a box of books that were actually my mum's for mine. So that's actually one of the books from I my mum, and she didn't want it. So I thought, well, I might try it. I'm glad that I could pinpoint that. That's being yeah, that's really interesting, <laughs> like isn't anomaly. it? That you just knew that wasn't one I perhaps would have chosen. How funny. Um, who was I going to ask you about? Um, what was I looking at? Oh, the LP Hartleys, because we did the boat. Um, yes. Uh, in fact, that was when we recommended books to each other Yes, last year. yes, yes. And you gave me the really long one. I gave you So long. I took my revenge in season two. Yeah. Next year, both drawings. Um and we've both read The Go-Between. Have you read A Perfect Woman? I haven't. So I bought that quite recently. Um, so obviously when I moved, I, I realised I, I'd kind of aggressively edited yes, my book collection. Edited, yeah. um, and then when I got here, I realised, oh, I've actually got some spare shelf space. <laughs> so I gave myself permission to go down to the charity shop. And then anything in there, that I thought, oh, that's that's quite, um, that's a kind of a whole. And actually having all my books together made me realise there were a lot of books that I thought that I had but didn't have oh, okay. um, or authors that I think oh I love that author but randomly I've only got like one of their books or something so um, I've kind of tried to fill in some gaps so I saw that and thought oh I'll get that because I did really enjoy the boat yes it was very long but it was really enjoyable the go-between I've had for years it's one of my favorite yeah, books this looks like a lovely edition of it it um, is a really nice edition that's a nice yeah. little picture of one there one being, being a go-between envelope in yeah. hand very yeah. nice well I have in the fact, the same edition that uh, you've got the boat, which is a reprint. They they reprinted a couple others, and one of them was a perfect woman. So I have that oh, right. waiting so to go as well. Can so do it's that on one. my list. On yeah. my list. Um, Sad looking season oh, festival. I'm going to kneel down now. Go down, down the floor. <laughs> bring this down. Okay. Um, what have we got? 
Oh, I've not heard of Paulette Giles, News of the World. Now, see, this is my really good friend, Ellen, who I met when I lived in New York, and she took me under her wing, um, and she recommended it to me. And when Ellen recommends me something, I listen, because her recommendations are always excellent. Okay. So she sent this, uh, she recommended mm-hmm. I get this, and I did, and she's an American writer. Um, and it's about, uh, it's set during the time of... It's like in the 1800s and a girl has been kidnapped by Native Americans and there's this man who goes to rescue her. And Oh, it's just the most beautiful story. Oh, okay. Really wonderful. Oh, I'm guessing he succeeds. I'm not going to say anything. Um, and then next to that, Barbara King Silver. The newest one, yeah, newest which one. I picked up in the charity shop for a couple of pounds. Did you? Look at this. Lovely edition. So I just... Um, Listen. You just read. So I read Pigs in Heaven last year. Yeah. It's brilliant. And then I just listened to uh, The uh, Prodigal Summer, or possibly The Prodigal Summer, um, which I'm not going to talk about now because we're going to do that multi-narrative versus single narrative thing next yes. time. And I, that, in fact, that, listening to that was the reason why I wanted to, to do it. But um, I was umming and ahhing between this one, Unsheltered, and, and um, Prodigal Summer. Perhaps I should have gone for Unsheltered. Um, obviously i'm not ready yet so. no, why would you? <laughs> i will get around to it at some point um on oh, four hedges i've got okay, claire later it's a yeah, lovely book beautiful that editions, yeah. so i've i read the little toller reprint which is lovely as well um not so lovely lovely woodcuts yeah looking at rosamond layman behind that do you love a bit of rosamond um Oh, you're right, posing, posing like that. Yeah, that's totally fine. You look at like one of those sort of t- tables that looks like a waiter holding oh, a I table. Oh, I do, don't I? Quite good. <laughs> um, Molly Fox's birthday is one that I would not have thought you'd have. I love that book. It's good. I've got it and I've not read it. So. Really good. My, it was one of my mum's books and I borrowed it. it and, well, still. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just absolutely loved it. I'm definitely putting that on the list because name in the title. Yes, that's perfect, true. Yeah, perfect it's going to take your year. box, isn't it? This is one actually that I picked up the other week. So my parents live in Tunbridge People Wells. Can't see your point in love. What are you looking at? <laughs> um, the Oriel Mallet, the Green Leaves of Summer. Now I know Oriel Mallet from having written the biography of Marjorie Fleming yes. from Persephone, and um, so my parents live in Tunbridge Wells, and there is a um, there's like a, a very old bookshop called Halls, right around the corner from where they live, and they always have this amazing one pound book thing outside and every time I go I'm just like oh mum can we go to the bookshop and she's like all right then and um they had it outside and I thought I've never heard of this and it's a pound so I'm going to take a risk um so I haven't read it yet obviously (laughs) um but it looks like a really interesting mid-century and much of it revolves around the Academy of Dramatic Dramatic Art and Ballet yeah fun um, I read her letters with Daphne du Maurier. Oh, I didn't realise that they corresponded. Yes, Letters from Men, I believe, was the, the oh, collection I've got. I okay. think, and it's Lovely what... letters. Well, I enjoy reading some letters, but it is what put me off Daphne du Maurier as a person. Right. <laughs> she seemed terrible. At one point she says, if I'd been much less successful and never married, my life I'd be much like yours. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. <laughs> well. So before we move on, is there anything else I should be paying attention to on these shelves, particularly? I think it was a draw, draw my eye to um, you've read self-riding. Well, I haven't, and that's oh, what we're doing for a future episode, isn't it? Because yes. you were going to go to the library and see what other what Winifred Hartbury's there. Yes, that's right, and I yes. haven't got around to doing that. Um, I love this edition. Um, First cheap edition. Yeah, I love that kind of writing on there. What's next? To, what's this little one here? Oh, Francis Hudson Burnett, the making of a... Gosh, can they got all of the making of Marchness into that tiny little they work? They did. Wow. It's very, it's very um, thin pages. <laughs> Must be. 
Okay, should we look at the next? Let's do it. Oh dear. I have Walking to move the, the armchair out the way. So I've also got short stories here and children's books, stuff that I teach. We should be videoing this, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, we should, if we, if we had more technological capabilities. Of course we did, Four Days yeah. Wonder, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So Days those Wonder. are the ones I bought from there. I think, what was the website you told me to get them from? Book People. That's right. Probably. They were very cheap together. Yeah. Nancy um, Mitford, can't go wrong. Well, it's not quite true, but they're great. What did you think of The Happy Tree by Rosalind Murray? Have you read that one? I really Stephanie? enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I didn't think it was the best written book in the world, but I really enjoyed the story and the characters. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just remember being a bit underwhelmed by it, but I don't remember anything about it. I mean, I finished it. Um, what have we got? Oh, we've got lovely Marilyn Robinson. Yeah. Oh, bless her. We have not talked about her enough recently. We used to mention her every episode. Yeah, we did. We need to get back into <laughs> yeah. it. I've got some essays by her that I haven't read, actually. So That's on my list. Yeah, great. I've, I keep buying books of her essays and not reading yeah. because I'm slightly daunted. Well, I went to a talk of hers and I bought um, the book of essays came with the ticket mm. so I was like oh yes, I I'll to... definitely read these immediately <laughs> and then obviously didn't I've been to hear a talk three times now oh, wow. and the first one was just about philosophy and politics and I didn't understand a word she said I, I know I mean you do feel very stupid afterwards don't you and that's what sort of what's put me off reading them because I don't think I'm clever enough to read it yeah but, um but I did tell her it was an honor to hear her speak and she looked horrified <laughs> it was great <laughs> <laughs> please never speak to me again exactly Look at all these Dorothy L. Sayers. I mean, <laughs> it's an addiction, Simon. Um, and they're all chunky editions as well. It's a lot of shelf space given to Dawes. I know. Dawes? I'm going to stick with it. Dawes. <laughs> That's quite nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think any Dorothy has ever called themselves Dawes? I think they should. Dotty, isn't it? Dotty is yeah. more traditional. Yeah. But why not? At some point, we're going to have to have our doubtless very acrimonious discussion about why I don't like Dorothy L. Sayers. Wow. Um, but not today. Not, not today. today. Today's not the day. <laughs> no, I want to sleep here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, Simon. Uh, and have you read The Gypsy in the Parlour, Marjorie Sharp? I haven't, but I bought it because you said I you liked you. it. Great. So I'm, I'm going to read it. We've got exactly the same edition. Perfect. And we should do that. On the, I'm going to put it on my list because then you might be forced into reading it. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, I've read, I read three books by Marjorie Sharp last year. I might have mentioned the podcast before. And... She has such a range because she has very, very funny books. And this one's not very funny. It's not tended to be funny. It's very right. poignant. And okay. Well, that sounds like, quite like my cup of tea. Yeah. So you never quite know what you're going to get. I also really love Britannia Muse. That was great. Oh. Um, what have we on the next shelf? Oh, I keep meaning to read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Oh, my goodness. It's just a wonderful, heartbreaking, beautiful book. Oh, on the list. Look at all these. We're basically sorted out for the next six years. Yeah. Particularly at the pace that Rachel's reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> You try being an English teacher. That's all I'm going to say to you. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> um, I, my friend Ellie is her favourite book, so I bought it because of that. And if I've got the, possibly a sequel or possibly just another book. No, there um, are. Yeah, no, there okay. is. I haven't read it, but yes. What's it called? Somewhere yesterday. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. So somewhere towards tomorrow. I'm I'll very put, pleased with this. What are we looking at? My Mrs. Miniver. Oh, that's a lovely which edition. Is, I do find beautiful. It's, it's um. It's got sort of pattern. It looks a bit yeah. like the sort of 18th century books. Um, I don't know what the patterns are of flowers, maybe. But it's lovely. It's a nice pale pink. £3.50 in the charity shop. And E.H. Thomas uh, gave it in Christmas 1939. That's probably one of my relatives. So this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. I think it might be a first edition, actually. Oh, yeah, so it is. It is. Yeah. Nice. I love Mrs. Minivan. So do I. Book and film. Um, even though they have nothing in common. Did you ever see... 
the sequel to Mrs. Miniver. Yes, I read it and I didn't like it. Okay, read it. Is it a book as well? Yeah, Uh, Virago. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, here are all the Virago Elizabeth Taylors. Yes, very good. My colleague came to work the other day, actually, was full of um, the joys of spring and said, oh, I've just discovered Elizabeth Taylor. Have you read anything by her? I was like, read anything by her? (laughs) I've read her entire hour and I've got all of her books at home if you want to worry. What's the horror about? Uh, um, Let's just be turning the light off. We did Far Cry from Kensington on the podcast. Yes, we did. That's why I bought that copy. Yes, and only one more. I feel like you should have loads more. I have read more, but I don't have copies of them. That's the thing. So that's another author that I want to amass. Yeah, I think I I do have everything by her now. Well, every every fiction thing by her. She wrote a bunch of biographies, and I've got some of those. Um, that's the same edition of Vanity Fair that I have, oh. which I have yet to finish. I, I've got maybe a hundred pages left, and I started it five years ago. I mean, so. it was a long slog, but I'm glad I've read it. Yeah, I will get to the end. I don't remember anything that's happened to this point, other than she threw the Bible out the window, and that's like page three or you something. Just, just go online, I mean. <laughs> I'm kneeling again. I'm going down. Okay, coming down with you. <laughs> Who's this hiding over here? The Country Child? Oh, yes. Yeah. So Alison Utley, I found that in a in a bookshop. And I used to love the Little Grey Rabbit stories when I oh, was a child. Her? And okay. Alison Utley wrote those. And I was, um, that I think I bought that in Tunbridge Wells, actually. And I was flicking through, uh, just looking on the shelves. And I thought, oh, I didn't realise that she'd written um, adult books. And I, it's uh, an autobiography and it's lovely. Okay. And it's illustrated and gorgeous. If it's an autobiography, why is it on the fiction shelves, Rachel? Oh, is it? Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't okay, read it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see you have two copies of Guide Your Daughters. I do. Excellent. Because um, I love the older edition, but also my um, comments are published in yeah, the pub- Persephone edition, please. so I have to have that too. I certainly also have two copies of it. <laughs> but only two, so I feel like I'm doing well. <laughs> um, I've not heard of Susan Vreeland. Basically, you're sensing a theme, the ones I've not heard of are the new books. That was a gift, okay. um, and I haven't read it. Lizette's List, but yeah. it's keeping track. Um, great. Some Sarah Waters. We love Sarah Waters. Yeah. Evelyn War. Rebecca West. We did some Rebecca West, yeah. for better or worse. Yeah, you didn't like. <laughs> Although I see The Return of the Soldier, which I love. So yeah. That's great. Um and Stoner, let me put that on my list. We should do oh that. Oh my goodness, the most wonderful book. I still haven't read it, although I've been told it is his name and therefore can count on for my yes, name's Yes, no, that's so. very true, actually. You can have that. Um, and then, then I've got all my wolves. The wolves. Um, I was going to reread Jacob's Dream, but I've lent it to somebody and must get it back. <laughs> um, and then Richard Yates. I've only read oh. The Revolutionary Road, which was yeah, Which I don't have because I lent to somebody and they never gave it back. Shocking. But I do have these to parade, so I put that on my list. That's very good. I mean, all of his books are amazing. Yes. And then, oh, Edith Wharton, Rainier Wharton Road, I noticed. Named after her? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Um, obviously, some Whipple, that's great. William Maxwell, somewhat surprisingly. Over, oh, short, we've moved them to short, stories, short stories. Got you. We're on short stories. How are your short stories? Um, They're very good, actually. And I like them for teaching purposes. Oh, uh, okay. I think I've got that. So it's called All the Days and Nights. Yeah. Um, I think I've got that. And then these are all my sort of kids' books. Oh, yes. Um, some favourites from when I was a kid and stuff that I like for teaching. Is it Gathering Light, a kids' book? 
Um, it's a young adult, technically. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I just got my year eights to read it, and they weren't massively fussed, but they're not massively fussed by anything, actually. So <laughs> they was like, oh, it was really boring. I bought it a long time ago, and I got rid of it quite a long time ago as well, unread. I really like it. Cow. I really <laughs> like it, and I think it's a really lovely book. Um, I was very pleased with this purchase recently, which is a lovely 1960s edition of The Borrowers. After The Borrowers. Which has got lovely illustrations and a cover that I found. And I have also got a lovely puffin version of it. Oh, that's um, but that's also lovely and I can't bear to give that away so I've got two cups of borrowers <laughs> and I've got a very fun edition of Mary Poppins oh a little film one there yeah. good on Mary Poppins and I've got my Nell Stratfield and I've got Finn Family Moomin Troll I went through a phase of reading all the Mary Poppins books a few years ago she's weird. quite different isn't she she's very different from the film she's much more sort of no nonsense and not very yeah. pleasant she's certainly not Julie Andrews uh, a bit closer to Emily Blunt, actually. Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't enjoy that version, oh, I, I have to I say. It. I mean, she wasn't my Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, shall we have a look at the special book? Shall we go to the special bookcase? Special bookcase. You're, you're honoured. Thank you so much. So most people have to look away from it when yeah. we walk into the room. We try not to knock over any furniture. Oh, don't Oops. worry. Oh, gosh, I'm knocking everything over myself. Sorry, I've got a horrible cold. I'm very sniffy. Oh, bless you. So what qualifies something to be in the special special? That is a good question. Um, Talk me through your rationale. Basically, if it's um, valuable. Okay. um, My my theory behind it was if there were to be a fire, they would be somewhat protected. Oh, I see. In this wooden cabinet. In this wooden (laughs) cabinet with plastic. Um, uh, So I've got my, um, my special books from when I was a child that I've collected and also I've got all my Dorothy Whipples. Oh yes, I was wondering where they all were. My E.M. Delafields, all my Jane Austen um, and some of my special collection of Victorian fern books. (laughs) You want to keep those safe. (laughs) You do, they're very valuable. (laughs) And I've also got my um, Mallory Towers collection. Oh, um, yes, you're a Mary Towers woman. I no. wasn't. I was no, never a St. Clair's. I was all about St. Clair's. They're twins. So. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, they never captured my imagination. I've also got my Miss Reads, which are my guilty. <laughs> I keep meaning to pleasure. give you my Miss Reads next time. Oh, when yeah. you come, when you come and look at my shelves, you can take away the Miss Reads. Yeah, okay. Although they are paperbacks. So. Oh no, well, I don't want that. Sorry. Okay, thank you for rejecting the gift instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, they are. But they do have those sort of fun, like, 1960s penguin covers where everyone went slightly mad and psychedelic. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you know, I'm, I might be tempted. <laughs> Thank I'll you so much, Phil. I'll have a look. <laughs> and I've also got my lovely editions of The Little House on the Prairie books and the Anne of Green Gables books, which I... They've got special memories for me because I collected those the year I lived in New York. Aww. And it was a real kind of sacrifice for me to buy them because I didn't have a lot of money at the time and sort of paying $10 for a book was, yeah. was a big chunk of, of money. Um, but uh, you're welcome to, to open up and have a look if you nice want to. I'm going to go straight for Ian Delafield as her. So I want to see... You can just give it a look. I, I did paint it myself, Ooh. so it's a bit stiff, yeah. Um, just things to my nerves, but it's great. So I'm going to look at this. My favourite of the Provincial Lady books, The Provincial Lady Goes Further, the second one, because I want to see what this lovely cover is. So it's got this sort of pandemonium scene. Yeah. And the Provincial Lady there with her blue hat and dress, drinking a cup of tea, and I love this. And I think this is the one I'm going to steal. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't worry. I'm not. Although it was to mother with all my love, Molly, and I think it was actually to my mother. <laughs> and my sister, Stop Molly. <laughs> my heretofore unmentioned sister, Molly. Um, and again, picked up very cheaply, you know? 
And I love, um, so this is apparently in the cottage library, something I've never heard of, but I love when you get something like that in looking at the other titles yes, they put absolutely. in it. And you get a real glimpse of what was popular at the time. So here, this one. So had, many completely forgotten. Exactly. So I've heard of Masadora Roach. Yes. And it, indeed, when I went with my brother to Aurelia in um, Ontario, she apparently is a famous child of Aurelia, oh, right. or at least of Ontario, but she was in the, she was, her post was up all over the place in there celebrating of many years yeah, of Canada, I know, 20. But, um, so <laughs> Don't listen, darling. <laughs> yeah, I love Canada, you know. Uh, but I've not read her. Uh, A.G. MacDonald, who's How Like an Angel is the book here, which I have not heard of, but um, I bought England, They're England by him ages oh. ago, and I've never read it. Wow. But, um, so you can't comment on that. I cannot comment on it, but my friend Tim recommended it. And by friend, I mean someone I've not seen for maybe eight years. So no. I, let's hope it's good. Um when you come to visit me, you can see my E.M. Delafield shelf, wow. whole shelf devoted just to E.M. Delafield. I'm excited. Um, right, yes, these are, and this is one of selection. I'll close it again very gingerly. I've also got my first editions of The Secret Garden and Little Princess. Aww. My favourite childhood books. I was a Victorian from a very young age. <laughs> well, um, I I loved The Secret Garden on television, but I had not read it until we did it on the podcast, which is oh. um, a year or two ago. A Little Princess was a great disappointment to me when I did read it, because I watched the film first, and at the end of the film, the father comes back in the book. That is not the case. Oh. I, I think my mum came upstairs and found me inconsolable <laughs> on my bed. Um, and Victorian. told me I was not allowed to read that book again. It's the same thing used to happen with Goodnight Mr. Tom. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's just, you know, sob fest, isn't it? I used to read it every couple of months just for the pleasure of crying. <laughs> Brilliant. My mum would be like, are you reading that book again? Oh, <laughs> you just sad. I mean, that's I often do that bit with watching videos of soldiers returning from war and their dogs greeting them. So it's not <laughs> less literary, but equally likely. I mean, I'm anti-war in general, but without war, we wouldn't have those dogs greeting us. That's so true. So swings and roundabouts. Exactly. <laughs> So important. Uh, let's move across the room, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's do non-fiction. So, so talk me through how this is organised. Well, I mean, organised is a is a kind term. I think <laughs> um, I started out with this side is is lit- literary non-fiction. Got you. So yeah. we've got books about books. Um, My favourite thing. Analysis, like literary analysis, literary biographies and autobiographies, essays, um, and then. Here we've got also got my book there. Oh yes. Yeah. My new my new one's coming out this month. Teaching grammar through literature, go and buy your copy. Yeah, please do. Could do with the royalties. Um and then up here I've just got unfortunately that shelf is a sort of just which books could fit on it. Oh yeah. Well, so we've all got that shelf. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a mishmash. And then I've got plays and poetry over here. Um general kind of biography, history. And then I tried to do some kind of order here, but I mean, again, it's just been dictated really by size. So my art books are on the biggest shelf, and um, then I've got kind of just yeah, random really. I've got a book of a shelf of Victorian stuff. Oh yes. Um, I've got half a shelf of Christian and Bible stuff, and then the rest of it is largely Victorians and Russian history, as it turns out. Okay, well, should we go back over? Yeah. Start with literary. 
Now, the one that caught my eye, Happily Ever After by Susanna yeah. Fullerton, all about Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, so I actually got sent that several years ago as a review copy when it came uh, out, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's a kind of a cultural history of, of Pride and Prejudice and how it's been adapted, transformed over the years, different film versions, theatre versions, oh um, gosh, film brilliant. versions. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, to think about how it's been received over time and how people have different cultures have yeah. transported the story to their um kind of neck of the woods and how it relates to them and their culture cultural norms and expectations so it's yeah it's really interesting i don't know how i've not heard of that before it sounds so up my street yeah um and two books on here that i've not read but i do own right. on my list for future podcasts potentially francis bufford the child that books built yeah i haven't read it yet uh, Rebecca Mead, The Road to Middlemarch. I haven't read it either. Well, you can for the book. <laughs> <laughs> so I read Golden Hill by Frances Bufford, which is a novel. I hated it. Oh, hated it. Hated this wrong. I didn't like it. Oh, I didn't yeah. like that connection. Yeah, I think I'm going to have more luck with that one. Um, I don't I mean, you know me, in historical fiction. Yeah. It was never going to be good. No, I understand. Um, looking at the Virginia Woolf section. Um yeah. I would say you have a lot of biographies of Virginia Woolf, but I mean, I have thousands. Yeah, so but... I, there's not really a lot of competition there, is there? But the Alexandra Harris one is brilliant. Yes, I do really. I love Alexandra Harris. Have you read Mrs. Wolf and the Servants by Alison Yes, Wolf? I have. I read it when it first came uh-huh. out years ago. I have not read it since, but I remember reading it and being horrified and thinking she was a horrible person. I was given it by my friend 10 years ago, and I have yet to read it, but right. name and title, it could well happen this year. <laughs> Um, your books about book section don't seem to have the Susan Hill, um, Howard Dennis on the Landing. No. I don't know why that's gone. Yeah, I can't imagine but, uh, what I did you loved with it that. So much. Yeah, one of my favourites. <laughs> Didn't burn it on a big fire at all. One of our most um, argumentative yes, episodes. Yes, very contentious figure on the, book, on the <laughs> podcast. Um, what else have we got? Oh, in terms of places, Christopher Milne. Yeah, I've got sent that as a review copy. Have not read it. It's on the list. I've read it many times, but I will re- always happily read it again. Um, it's the first of Christopher Milne, aka Christopher Robbins' autobiographical trilogy. Mm-hmm. The second one is actually my favourite, um, The Path Through the Trees. My very special. Oh, yes, your the other day, Dorothy Whipple. Oh, the joy. That's been my most joyful book purchase ever. I remember you saying If somebody yeah. had witnessed my face when I saw that <laughs> on the shelf, I think it would have been priceless. I would steal it, but I already have it. Yes. <laughs> I know, and you've got random jottings, which I'm still I very dense about. If I would, I'm, high, I'm locked on that. Yeah, you are going to have to put that under lock and key because that <laughs> might just slip itself into my bag. Um, and I was talking, I was looking up now at general non-fiction. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Lorna today, my friend Lorna, who also says hi. She's oh, not met you, but she wants to one day. I'd love to meet her. Um, Bill Bryson, I have not read his travel stuff. And I no, to. I haven't. And I picked that up when I was in Scotland in um, October, actually. Mm. I was, we were driving to a castle and I saw a sign, book sale, at the village hall. I was like, I am turning off this road <laughs> immediately. Um, and we drove down there and it's, I just thought, oh, I've got, you know, it was for charity. And I thought, oh, I've never read it. And it's a, you know, it's a nice edition. So yeah, I thought, I'm Notes from a small island. Um, obviously, yet to read. Have you read anything else by him? Uh, I've read his book on Shakespeare. That's very much, very yeah. good, yes. But no, nothing else. I've read bits and bobs, you know, but never the whole thing. I've only read that one and um, Mother Tongue, all about the English language, which oh. is also brilliant. It's just very, um, 
very po- uh, real polyglot, actually. Not polyglot, polymath is the word I'm looking for. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, he wrote a very short history of nearly everything, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Um, um, pleased to see the Oxford Dictionary there. Yeah, Oxford very old copy from when I was at school, but you never know <laughs> when you might need it. And a nice little Mitford section. Yeah. Can't go wrong with the Mitfords and Debo. Okay. Um, also bought from that book sale, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, fun. Everything was a pound, so I thought, why not? And Blue Stockings by Jane Robinson, my friend Phoebe got me a long time ago, and I've yet to read it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that book. On the list. It's just so good to see them all. I just like no longer message you, being like, Rachel, do you have any of these books? Because now I know. Yeah, it's going to save us so much time. It's an first. Um, and the I'm going to I'm going to be honest. We're on the final shelf. It's not. My cup of tea, mostly. <laughs> but Noel and the Sackvilles by Vita Sackville West. Um, in fact, you have an edition that I once passed up in a bookshop, and oh. I now have a much less nice edition. I always wanted to go back and get that nice big chunky. Yeah, it is beautiful. Um, oh, look at that cover. Yeah, it did cost me quite a lot, this, actually. Did I didn't even look at the price more, because it was in a cabinet. I thought, well, I can't yeah. afford it. It's in a cabinet. I think it was about £20 or something. I remember umming and ahhing over it. Yeah, a bit of it's worth um, it. But it, yeah, it's lovely. And obviously, you know, I have a connection with... Um, no, because I'm kind of ish from Seven Oaks, so. Oh yes, of course. Um, yeah. Um, and then yes, we we sort of ending on on a low for me because I'm not interested <laughs> in any of these books apart from the Bible. History. The Bible I'm interested in. <laughs> a wonderful one book volume Bible commentary is very useful. Oh, is it? That does sound good. Um, on oh, the screw tape letters, I by C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Can't go wrong again with C.S. Lewis. And in fact, Karen of Cagsy's Book is Rambling sent me a whole bunch of C.S. Lewis books recently. Oh, that was very kind. It's very sweet of her. So I should actually read some of them. I've read quite a few of his books, but enough. Still more. This I think you would love. What's it called? The Long Weekend. Oh, you talked about that yeah. one, yes. Absolutely I, lovely. Um, I have enjoyed a book called The Long Weekend, but it's a different one by, I want to say Robert Graves, maybe. Hmm, maybe. Not sure. But. Right, so, in fact, I do have Houses of the National Distrust. <laughs> Everyone should have it. It's a very useful reference guide. This is like my geek shelf, basically. It's like all yeah. my books on trains um, that, you know... I've just read a book I do have, which I love, The Illustrated, Illustrated Dust, Dust Jacket. Yeah, I think you bought that because I had it first. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Well, in fact, I was given it for my birthday. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, by Marley. Thank you, Marley. You may or may not be listening. But um, such a beautiful book. Of, it really is. Uh, Illustrated Dust Jackets from 1920 to 1950. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real coffee table book. It is. Do you have a little book about railway stations there? Station to station, is that what station to station is? That's amazing. So let's talk me through. So this is where I'm surprised. The railway stations. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I mean, I've got a real fascination with railways um, and the history of the railway and how mm, railways turn. Because I love Victorians and also I love how the railway transforms communities and connects communities. So um, I'm also really interested in station architecture. Um, Good Lord. So, yeah, I just, I just love stations. Absolutely love them. I'm glad we've ended up. So this is your yeah. this is your sci-fi surprise. It's not sci-fi, <laughs> but it's a book. It's a big book all about railway stations. Yeah, favorite um, railway stations. St Pancras. Okay, 
I mean, you can't get better than Victorian high gothic. Can you? <laughs> um, so I've got Britain's Lost Railways, which is a fascinating book about the railway stations that no longer exist. From, because um, for people who are interested <laughs> in Victorian railways, unfortunately, during the 19th century, there were a lot of competing railway companies who didn't really discuss what they were doing with each other. So there were lots of railway lines that were built that were that completely redundant. Like the, and built in places where nobody needed a railway station. So in the 1960s, a lot of those stations were got rid of. Dr. Beeching. Yeah. So this is a really wonderful um, book that details um, those lost railway lines and railway stations and also another one of my secret passions, <laughs> viaducts. <laughs> I will travel a long way out of my way to see a viaduct. I love them. I just love them. I do not know what to do with that information. <laughs> but I do want to read a viaduct themed novel. Is that does such a thing exist? It probably is like a, a mid century crime <laughs> set if there isn't I'm writing one. You should. The, the viaduct mystery. The, oh my gosh. Or just viaduct. Yes, yes. That's like, a good title yes. actually, isn't it? <laughs> uh, if you if anyone knows of a viaduct related book, please um, do let me know. Just email Rachel directly yeah. in fact. Please yeah. do let me know. <laughs> Railways in the Victorian imagination. I mean the Railway Journey, which is a fascinating, um, pioneering piece of criticism about how the railway changed um, <laughs> our notions of speed and time. I was hoping it was a, a metaphor for something, but no, it's not. No, it's not. No. It's literally what it says on the tin. Um, <laughs> fascinating stuff. There are plenty of people listening to this who will understand my fascination. Or who've turned off. I don't know. But um, I do, whenever I'm in uh, a second bookshop and some uh, someone comes up to the counter without looking at any books and asks what if they have a certain section it's almost always railways <laughs> like, have you got have you got on railways <laughs> and it's always always a, a very old man in a very dusty jacket well listen i like to um bend boundaries i like to challenge expectations um railways are for everyone and where would we be without them well quite i would not be here today exactly literally literally, <laughs> literally wouldn't so I think that you need to think a little bit more about your prejudice there. <laughs> well, I don't know if it, yeah, I will. I will yeah. reflect on that. <laughs> that was really fun, Rachel. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, and I look forward to reciprocating. Um, yes, at some unidentified point. At some unidentified point, we just turn up in my village. Yeah, I just turn up at the door. Yeah, everyone knows me there. Just ask me. I'm looking me. for Simon's house. Lovely. It's this way. Yeah, no point yes. you. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah. I, um, this has been a bit experimental in terms yeah. of sound quality, so yeah. I'm hoping it worked out all right. Apologies if it if it doesn't, and also if it's really dull. Um, <laughs> yeah. Talking about stuff you can't see. Uh, um, but I'll pop Rachel's address in the until <laughs> any time you're you welcome. Pop on by. Don't worry, Rachel, I won't do that. Um, we will be talking about Gwen Ravrat. Um, I, yes. I will always say her name just a little question mark because I do not know how to say it. Um, well, I, if we are I, pronouncing it the French way, it would be a chavra. But and indeed, I she did marry a Frenchman. So. I would imagine that um, the English is fine. Yeah, I'm just going to call, call her Raves. Uh, so, or Gwen. Just, <laughs> just call her Gwen. Gwen. Gwen's book, period piece. Gwen Ravrat. Nay Darwin. Nay Darwin. Gwen say, Darwin. Yes. Um, and Molly Hughes, yeah. named Mary Hughes, <laughs> or named Mary Thomas, in fact, oh. um, as book The uh, Aliens and Child of the 1870s, not to be confused with all the other decade books that she wrote. Yes, she did write several. Um, so, yes, two childhood memoirs that we will be comparing when Rachel has read them, or when one of us. No, I've them. read them. I need to re read them, <laughs> Simon, actually. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> you hear the abuse I get. You should see the text messages. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Aggressive. They're, they're mildly. They're passive aggressive. <laughs> passive aggressive. Leaning into just aggressive aggressive at times. Why haven't you replied to me? That's <laughs> normally what it is. I'm teaching, Simon. Yeah, I have a job. Some of us can just text at work. If my boss is listening, I wouldn't dream of doing that. Of course not. So, yeah, we'll speak to you next time. This has been fun for us. Hopefully it's been fun for you. Yeah. Um, and it's been longer than I thought. The full episode length. Yeah. Well done, us. So much to talk it's about. So much, so much to, to ramble on about. And so many books planned for future episodes. If yeah, you've heard brilliant. us mention them in this episode, we're probably going to talk about them at some point. And if you've got any preferences for uh, priorities, oh, yeah. let us know. Please do. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Do I press the red one again? This one? Yeah. Oh no. No, that doesn't.